Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. This is your host, Peter, Peter Karutz. I'm live in studio with the world-famous, the renowned, and the well-loved Father Augustine Weta. It's Father Augustine Weta, who's <laughs> promised to say the entire episode as a NASCAR announcer. Yeah. Monks, monks, monks. Can, can, can you do a NASCAR announcer? Monster annou- trucks. Can you do a NASCAR <laughs> announcer in Spanish? Uh, I can do Telemundo Spanish. Telemundo would be good. Telemundo. I hate to tell you this, but I speak Spanish and you didn't say any Spanish. No, okay, then I'll do it in French. Do it in French. That was real good. I don't understand any French. Yeah, so neither I, I do the French. <laughs> I, don't, I don't speak French either. I can do it in Russian. I'll say Okay. Have you considered a career in, in, in movies? In fake lang- foreign languages? <laughs> fake foreign languages. No, when I was growing up, my dad and I used to watch Telemundo because neither of us spoke Spanish, and we would compete to see who could <laughs> narrate what was actually going on the most absurdly. Well, I'll tell you what. It, it's, it's entertaining. You know, people will watch the telenovenas. It, 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 telenovela, telenovela, telenovela. Telenovela. They don't. People don't even understand a single word. I grew up in a neighborhood where there was a lot of Koreans, the Korean immigrants. Mm. They didn't understand any Spanish, but they would watch them anyway. And, yeah, and, and the guy with the big freckles <laughs> and the beanie, he was hilarious. <laughs> was I heard he died recently, actually. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, and, and then soccer games, listening to soccer games in Spanish is just... Just a riot. <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Uh, well, I was thinking we might talk about love. Uh, love it is. Because I was just out in Kentucky. Uh-huh. They got love in Kentucky? Uh, apparently, yes. Yes, they do. And fried chicken. Uh, ooh, well. The fried chicken, I, I actually ate some Kentucky fried chicken while I was there, and it wasn't any better. Than, I mean, it wasn't any worse either. I mean, I love Kentucky fried chicken, but it was exactly the same as it was out of state. So I was a little disappointed. I was expecting to have this sort of mystical experience because local we fare, don't huh? get fried chicken in the monastery. And, oh, really? Well, no, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. That said, I probably fell asleep three times on the drive lo- back to Missouri. You just lost three monks, <laughs> I th- potential yeah. monks, no fried chicken. Or how about myself three times over. How about ribs? Uh, well, St. Louis Barbecue. is supposed to be famous for its ribs, right? That's right. Uh, but I can't remember the last time we had ribs. Uh, Usually we just eat our gruel. Gruel, well, yeah. Gruel with a little salt yeah. on bread crust. And no second helpings, of course. <laughs> no, no, okay, so I was in Kentucky giving a retreat to these passionist nuns. And oh, wow. if anybody out there is thinking about becoming a nun, I think you should definitely look into the passionists in Kentucky. Uh, they are this thriving, beautiful, young 
excited community. And I was talking to them about failure, which is probably totally inappropriate for them because they're succeeding so brilliantly. Uh, but on my way, before I left, the last thing I said, look, I'm going back to my monastery and we're a lot like your monastery, actually. Uh, so do you have any advice? And they all looked at the mother superior and then the novice mistress went, oh, 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 oh. And then she stopped herself and looked at the mother superior who then nodded and she goes, oh, love Jesus. There you go. <laughs> and I was really disappointed, expected something more, I don't know, elaborate. Well, but I've been thinking about that ever since. Yeah, go ahead. That's a big, that's a, that's a lot to be said. Right? It is, yeah. it is. I mean, that's what it's all about is loving Jesus. And if you, if you can get that squared away, then, you know, I think the rest of it maybe will fall into place. Um, so we're going to talk <laughs> about love and, oh, by the way, passionists. Those aren't the same passionists that are right next to St. Saint, Saint, uh, yeah, same order, same group. Oh, okay. Uh, the, it's but just, these are contemplatives here in St. Louis. Yeah, they're contemplatives there, too. Oh, they never they really? go out. Oh, yeah, I had to wow. go to them. And, oh. and I had to sit on the other side of a divider Did, and the whole oh, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the same really cool. deal, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I think, I don't know why you thought we should do it on love, but the reason I thought is because this has been a sort of a, uh, I like to call it a Peter of Verona type week. Tell me again. We, we, we uh, used my name in vain. Peter of Verona? P St. Peter of Verona. Okay. Oh, There's, I don't know anything about him. He's a Dominican, but he's always depicted with a knife in his chest and a machete in his head. I like that guy. And I, I look at him. I look at that icon of him and I go, well, yeah, that's about the kind of day I feel like I've had. That's the kind of week I've had. And when you've had a week, like, a Peter of Verona week, you got to... You gotta get back to basics and think about just, 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 just figuring out how to love people is is kind of difficult on one of these weeks. You know, with the oh, I don't know, the storming Washington and all the all the backlash from that, and all the outlash from the backlash and the back back backlash and everybody yelling at each other, and it just feels to me like a little bit of love, humility. I don't know. Uh, is in order. Well, Father and I, we, we came in and we said, well, what are we going to talk about? And I and I said something about love, and Father said love. And I thought, okay, it's going to be about love. And and the reason I it hit me is the one of the days last week uh, at the first reading was First John four, and I'm trying to think and read at the same time, but I'll paraphrase it. It said, how how can you say you love God, right? Who you haven't yeah. seen, but you 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 don't love your neighbor who you. Do see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he says, you're a liar. So I think we got to love each other. The, if yeah. we want to really change the world, we're going to change it by loving people. We're not going to change it by bad stuff, right? Well, <laughs> we're gonna... or by political rallies. I oh. mean, there, there's a place for rallies, but I think really for us Christians, the, the pride of place should go to love. Yeah. 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 Mother Teresa was confronted one day by somebody. <laughs> and uh, I forget what she was. She was obviously feeling guilty, let's say. And uh, the, the lady said to Mother Teresa, she said, you're judging me. And she said, no, I'm not. Hmm. I'm loving you. If I were judging you, I wouldn't have time to love you, and I'm called to love. Oh. And I think, oh, I mean, that, that, what a wonderful woman who never wrote down a word. Has yeah. such great things that we can pass on. You know, it's it's interesting. Some of those really great people don't tend to write things down, do they? I mean, Socrates, Mother Teresa, Jesus, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. It, uh, they they don't have time. And St. Joseph, and this is the year of St. Joseph. Oh, St. Joseph, of course. He never, I mean, he never even spoke. He hardly even spoke. Well, he, he did say something. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what 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 did he say? Did, know, or was he paraphrased? You know, when he was going to. You're right. Divorce, I don't think he. Was, yeah, he never actually says a was, thing, does he? he? he it says hmm. his intent. I think. Well, we got to look it up. Anyway, he intended to put her away. Yeah. Father, they're going to cut my salary in half because we're not Why? we're not uh, doing things as we're supposed to do so we're always it's already cut in half you don't make anything but neither do i yeah well if i do good they're going to double, double my it salary yeah. but we're always supposed to start with a prayer on this program and i know saint benedict says something about the same thing with with you all but and since you're wearing the collar today what you can't do is divide your salary by no divide anything by your salary right because zero you can't divide anything by zero and then you get that weird funky thing on the computer when you try to divide by zero. <laughs> well, you, you you can't divide by zero, but you can divide zero. I can have zero yeah, divided by true. two, and I get zero, but, but I can't, can't take two anything. and divide by zero. Yeah, what were we talking about again? <laughs> you, you walked in with a you walked in in uniform, and I'm gonna... <laughs> and, and we're talking about <laughs> talking about this love thing. In can a few... I get sued for saying? Oh, 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 after you pray for us here, oh, Father, right. I'm going to tell everyone something really interesting. Don't go away. You don't want to miss this. I'm so excited about it. I can't hardly stand it anymore but if you would do the prayer thing father sure all right uh in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen dear mm -hmm. god help us to not take ourselves too seriously but sometimes but I, well when that's not possible at least help us love each other and um you know uh mary can you put in a good word for us while you're <laughs> while you're on the on the on the docket here because uh, I think I think we're all feeling a little worn this week, and we could use a little motherly comfort. So I wrap up all of my needs and griefs and petitions and stresses in the mantle of Our Lady, and maybe we can say together, "Hail Mary, full, full of grace, the, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus." Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. And benedicat vos omnipotens Deus, Pater, Filius, Spiritus Sanctus. Wow. Yeah, a while we're going Latin, multilingual here. Full Latin special blessing, right? And that actually meant so that, that. That was actually words, real words. <laughs> what, what did you tell us? I just, May Almighty God bless you, Father. Son, there you go. Hey, I was going to wait till the end to ask you for that. We got it in the in the beginning and maybe in the end as well. Hey, you know, Can't I have I, too many blessings. Before I tell everybody that exciting news. I got to tell you, we said the rosary this morning uh, with our men's group. And, you know, the rosary, you say a bunch of Hail Marys during that. Yep. And I tell you what kept going through my mind is instead of a prayer, I, I thought, wow, I'm listening to the angel Gabriel saying something to Mary. Hmm. Hail Mary. Hi, Mary. Yeah. Full of grace. Anyway, so yeah. I'm back on track. Here's the good news. We have phones. So we're after the break. We're after the break. We're going to encourage folks to call in. I can't hardly wait. We've been wanting to make this a call-in show oh, for so long. We have tried and tried and tried. I don't know if you Be all know. Be sure you tell us where you're from, so we can know that like there are people from places. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hello, out in TV land or, or the radio land. You got to tell us internet exactly where land. you're from. Yeah, internet land, all that stuff. So anyway, we can't hardly wait. So we're, this program is on love. And um, maybe we can just say what love is, and then we'll move on to Didn't other you stuff. Have, I thought you had a scripture that you were going to start with. We got. We can't. Well, I, 
Because like, it, it was... Uh, you talk, uh, I'll find it. Well, I... Because I, your scripture reminded me of two of my f- old friends in the desert, the Desert Fathers, uh, two stories. And one of them was, a young monk asked one of the elders, how can I learn to love my enemies? I don't know why you're asking me, replied the old monk. I've only just begun to figure out how to love my friends. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. It is. And then... Um, a brother said to Abba Pambo, why are the brethren so hard to love? The uh-huh. Lord has given you tr- power to trample serpents and scorpions, he answered. With power like that over your enemies, you should be asking yourself why you don't work harder to love the brethren. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Father, you told me to find the scripture. I did. Yeah. It's not the, the one I wanted, but I think it's good. So it's, uh, it's, first, good. it's first uh, John, first epistle, epistle of John in uh, the fourth chapter, and... By the way, John is my new favorite gospel, and here's an epistle. Uh, and this is starting with verse 7. Beloved, oh, I, yeah. starting with that love already. Yeah. Let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. And that was... Uh, uh, Deus caritas est. When mm. when I when Pope Benedict first went into uh, office, I guess, or was started his reign, I felt in some ways I had missed a lot with John Paul, and I wish I had known him better in the beginning. So, so Wait, this John Paul, you mean John Paul? But when Benedict came in, I said I'm not going to oh. miss him, and oh, his first yeah, okay. encyclical was. From that verse, really? Deus Caritas That's est. right, that's right. So that's I thought, right. and that's what I put at the bottom of my email. So we're talking about love. God is love. If you don't love, you don't mm-hmm. know God. And, and, and that's what he's asking us to do. And another part I said before, God is saying that if we don't love our brothers who we see, how can we claim to love God? So don't, yeah. don't mess around. But it's so hard to be angry and love your brothers at the same time. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to challenge you on that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because love is not necessarily a feeling. I can be mad at somebody, and still I have an act of the will that says I will love this person. But I was very careful with my words there. I said it's hard to love <laughs> oh, somebody. Oh, yes, you not, did. It's yes, impossible. That's right. Uh, but isn't it harder yes. when you're angry at them? Yes. I, I feel like it is. I want to give up on people when I'm angry at them. I was. Uh, uh, I had a spiritual director for a, a couple of years and uh, recently, and uh, three years. I l- loved the guy a lot, and uh, he was reassigned, and I had lost him. So... Um, but I remember coming to him with uh, a problem. Uh, this guy had me, and you know about this, I guess. This guy had me thrown off a board, and it was at my daughter's school. It wound up being very public, oh, yeah. and um, and it was a huge humiliation for my poor daughter. And oh. uh, anyway, uh, he, he was really making me mad, <laughs> and because uh, one day he 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 kind of took me aside, and it wasn't so private, in front of a whole bunch of the oh. people. Really, really dressed me down, cussed me out wow. pretty good. And I said, I'm going to let him stop talking. And I got into a real good position. I think I'm going to, I'm going to pop him right in the face. There you go. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and, I, and he wouldn't take a breath. And I just started losing my balance a little bit. I had to, and I started laughing anyway. <laughs> so, so that's what my spiritual director said when I came to him. He says, you need to love this person. I yeah. said, that's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it, it is. Make, made a world of difference. I started praying for mm. him, and, and the world changed. Did it? How? It, um, he called me 
about two weeks later, I, was, I prayed him for him for two You're weeks. You're kidding. He called me and says, I want to have breakfast with you and say, oh my God. say the rosary with you. I never, oh, wow. He never said the rosaries with me or our group ever. And, and we sat down <gasps> to breakfast, and he said, Peter, I'd like to ask for your forgiveness. Holy cow. What a saint. Seriously. I mean, yeah. I mean and this, this, my spiritual director told me that. Wow. Uh, oh, and it, I but have I'm to. I'm getting choked up here. I seriously I, am. I got to tell you the rest of the story. story. But this is St. Joseph Radio in the year of St. Joseph. And this is uh, St. Louis. <laughs> I got to get on track. <laughs> this is St. Joseph Radio <clears throat> presents coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. Uh, and we're here with Father Augustine Wetter. We're talking about love and what what my spiritual director said, who used to yeah. preach a lot about the devil. He said, when you forgive, you take the devil's power away from him because he only wow. has power that you give him. Wow. So forgive, even if it's hard. Well, and love, even, even if it's hard. What you said reminded me of another saying from the Desert Fathers. Abba Poeman said, you can win most arguments by staying silent. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And you did. I you know? did, actually. Yeah. I didn't say a yeah. word, didn't see yeah. him, didn't say anything. Yeah. But it also talks about the efficaciousness of prayer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God well, is I mean, if, God if is all listening. you do is be silent, I'm not sure that does anything. Yeah, I yeah, but God is listening. Like, yeah. You know, God is listening. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I just had a talk with somebody who founded a, a, a really great Catholic um, missionary ministry. And I, I've heard this. You probably have too, Father, yeah. over the years, where you, somebody at a particular turning point in their life says to God, God, tell me what you want me to do, and I will do it. I can't tell you how many people have said that. Yeah. He listens. <laughs> he, he does, but at the you. same time, but sometimes he doesn't. And, and see, my thing is, I used to always say to God, tell me what you wanted me to do, and I'll do it. And then I wouldn't, and then I'd be really disappointed. But see, I think the, the key to real obedience is to do God's will without knowing it. Right. Because anybody can, I mean, you know, right. if God floats down on a cloud and says, do this, you're pretty well going to do it, yeah. you know. But the point is that there's some ambiguity there. you got to sign your life on a blank check. Right. You Just know? like you said, when it's hard, you got to yeah. do it even when it's hard. Yeah. 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 What did Abraham do? God told him to go and do this, and he didn't know where he was going. Where, you know, he didn't have a GPS. He didn't know how many miles. He was a hundred-year-old man. He was obedient. He yeah, but did you it. Know, you know who I really admire in that Who's story that? is Sarah. Huh. Because it's one thing to be told by God to go do something crazy. It's another thing to be married to the guy who's hearing voices and going and doing something crazy. Like, can you imagine? Okay, she's sitting at home. He says, I'm going to go off for a sacrifice. Takes off with the boy and no ram. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And he's been hearing voices? Yeah. I mean, she had to be <laughs> terrified. Uh, and, and every every now and then he says, "Well, we got to move on." Just like just just when she's getting her roots settled, he's Abraham says, "Well, God spoke again, told me to go do this." Well, and and I and, you know the other thing I will talk about Abraham. I, I guess. think Sarah's the one that really deserves but the credit. There. I do too. But Abraham, as you're saying, he was obedient. Our Lord, uh, God did not command him to do it. True. He asked him to do it, and like you said, he was obedient. But you know the other thing is interestingly, um, God asks him to do it, but he could say no. He could have no. That, there'd be no sin in that. No. If God God wouldn't ask unless saying no was actually an option. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I know that, that there's this great sermon from St. Bernard on the Annunciation about that moment between when the Gabriel, when Angel Gabriel says, 
Hail full of grace. Hail full of grace, and you've been picked to be the mother of God, and do you want to do this? Paraphrasing. And then she sa- she says, fiat, let it be done, yeah, right? Yeah, but, but But God asks, and it would be no sin right. if she said, you know what? I am not up to this. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, that, that would be put completely within her rights. And there's this sermon that St. Bernard gave on the moment between the question and the answer. When every all of creation Paused. waits to see what yeah. she's going to say, and the the angels stop what they're doing and look down, <laughs> and the demons stop torturing souls and look up, and the rivers stop flowing, and the birds stop chirping, and she goes, "Let it be done!" And all the angels cheer, and all the demons go, "No!" And the rivers start going, the dirty words are doing. Yeah, it's it, it because I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think God asks things of us. Uh, must ask things of us all the time that we could legitimately authentically say no to. It's that, a- and it'd be no sin. It's that pesky free will, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Mary couldn't love so well and so yeah. purely if she didn't have a choice. Yeah, we tend to think of free will as being the choice between good and evil. But every time you do, you choose evil, you lessen your free will. Yeah. Free will is really about which good you choose. Right. Do you choose the heroic good or do you choose the mm, yeah, good good? Yeah, and that's <laughs> what we talk about saints who are on their road, right? Yeah. It's that heroic virtue, not that yeah. they did just the minimum, but they went the the extra extra mile. That's right, because humility is not to be confused with mediocrity. Oh, say that again. Yeah, you wrote the book on <laughs> yeah. it, didn't you? The, the, I think that's the very last line of the book or something like that. But yeah, and what is it? One of the fathers said something about timidity, but now I can't remember what it is. Yeah, yeah. Timid. Let me see if I can. Look One of these it up. days, we got to look up meekness too, because I think that had a, a, a different connotation. We are way off the subject, Father. We're, oh, no, yeah, no, we're still okay. in love, aren't we? Oh, uh, you know, it's all love. basically love. You know, <laughs> I mean, but but I was just I was looking for timid. Ah, yes, an elder. Oh, well, very similar. An elder said, "Timidity is not humility." Boldness can be humility. Yeah, sure it is. Well, I'm. They used. To, I know. I know. I've known many several priests who were friends of Mother Teresa or knew her or yeah, ran into her. Right. And they, in clerical circles, they used to refer to her as the fox. The fox? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, because she would just walk, she'd say, uh, you know, I think I want to build a convent in the middle of this town, in the middle of this shopping center right here. And then she'd walk in and she'd say, hello, Father, I have a question. <laughs> and then she'd walk out with everything she wanted. Like, she, they, they, they're like, when, when she walked into a room, you just had to do what she said. Like, we couldn't figure it out. No matter how you try to outmaneuver her, she would always get her way, you know. And it's her nuns are all like that, too. They'll call me. I'll get a call on the phone, and they'll say, Hello, Father Augustine, can you come <laughs> juggle for our poor? And I'll say, Oh, sister, I'm so busy. You are busy Saturday morning? Well, I, I've got papers to grade. You can't grade those Friday night? <laughs> well, I've got mass Friday morning and the noon prayer. But what are you doing between night? Oh, fine. I'll just come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they, I mean, they do not mess around. They always get what they, what they need. What they need. I think that was a good word. And maybe yeah. that's, yeah, I was going to say what they want because I don't, think, I don't think they want anything they don't need, frankly. Right. Yeah. Good bunch of sisters. You know, I, I, I've been yeah. down there a number of times. You, you're down there every Every month, First at least. Saturday of every month. Yeah, the sisters—they—they they are they are taking care of the poor, and I'm telling you, I've gone to a lot of soup kitchens. Uh, we have three major ones in St. Louis that I go to fairly regularly. But I'll tell you, the sisters, 
they, they do something that you would be uh, surprised <laughs> that doesn't happen at the other ones. They pray. Yeah. Well, they read tough. the Gospels. There are tough they're, women. Yeah. I to, was I was there not long ago uh, during, well, actually, I guess it was, well, yeah, during the uh, Ferguson riot. So I guess yeah. that was quite a long while ago. ago. And they had a, a, a sister from Senegal. And, and I, I've been thinking about this stuff a lot recently. I mean, as we all should be, I think. There, there are some very angry people in this country, and I think for basically very good reasons. Um, and, and, the, and anyway, so I, I took the sister aside. And I said, so sister, okay, I got to ask, hmm. have you ever been treated differently because you're black? And she looked up at me, and she put her hands on her hips. She's like five feet tall, and she goes, Father, I can take care of myself. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, oh boy. But uh, yeah, they. I mean, they are they are really tough. They they do not mess around, and they go into the uh, well. This convent here in St. Louis, six people have been shot within a block of their convent within wow. the last year. Wow. Six. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So and, and they just they just live there. You know, <laughs> they 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 don't. They're not afraid. They're not well. You depressed. you you mentioned They're the black thing, so angry. I'm going to go there a little bit. You know, I'm a yeah, knight. Of, I'm a knight yeah. of Peter Claver, which is predominantly yeah. a black organization. And I was at a huh. a funeral where is, we yeah yeah. Oh, you told me this story. It's yeah. a really good story. You, you get to hear it again. Yeah. Okay. Good. So it, I've forgotten it. We yeah. <laughs> I can tell. I remember it's a good story. I just can't remember the story itself. So we we do a little ritual, if you will, at for the funeral of one of our brothers. So I. Do what I'm told. I was brand new. Yeah. And and the grand knight, he says, go and open doors for people. So I went and I'm opening doors. And this one little, little old black lady says, look, open." I open the door and she says, how nice. A knight of Columbus comes to a knight of Peter Claver funeral. Isn't that nice? And I said, yes, I, <laughs> but I, yes, I'm a knight. But I'm also a knight of Peter Claver. And I'm about six, three or so. And she looks up at me, <laughs> kind of crooked eyed. And she says, well, you're white. <laughs> I said, Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> and she says, but do you know you're white? <laughs> Good, for her. Good for her. Isn't that cool? You know, because God. Holy the, people don't mess around. They no, just, she's, they, she's, they, they, they're honest and they just yeah. say it like it is. That's it, right? You know, because yeah. God, God made us in wonderful colors, but it doesn't make us any different. Well, I, yeah, yes and no. I, though, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. I think at, at heart we're all brothers and sisters of Christ. Children but I of think God. I think at the same time that there's no such thing as color blindness. You know that that we all come to the table with with our burdens and our strengths. And, it's a good thing. And one of the things, yeah, one of the things I'm beginning to learn is that, like, like I, I asked a friend of mine, or no, uh, we've got a monk in the monastery. Both of his parents crossed over into America illegally. His he's Hispanic and. And and so I get this is where I get my my sort of I don't know some training here. Um, I, I said, how often do you think of your race? Like, and he said about about every week or so. And and I asked this of my friend uh, John. Oh no! Okay, well, we'll have to wait. Nah, until that after pesky the music. Darn it! Pesky music. We're just well, going to get really awkward. We're, we're going to get really get awkward. We'll get awkward in just a few minutes. And after the call and af- after the break and after we get awkward, we're going to open up the phone lines. And you can call tell us about love. Call a friend. Tell a friend. Tell them to join us. 
Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution, offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable. Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. We are back. Oh, hello. We are. Yeah, we were chattering uh, amongst ourselves here. We are back. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. We're here with Father Augustine Weta talking about love. I'm your host, Peter Cruz. And I've got all kinds of books here. We were just kind of talking about some fun books here. Um, yeah. But first, uh, before we talk about my fun books, you were gonna, we were going to be awkward for a little bit. Well, yeah. No, no. And, and I was – because as, as – you know, I mean – Everybody's thinking about race right now, and so and somehow I ended up really sort of neck deep in all this. But being from St. Louis, it's hard not to be. And so I've started asking questions of my black friends and even of just black acquaintances. You know, like what's it like? What is it? What's it like to be black at you know the high school where I teach, or black at the grocery store? You know, or or anyway. And 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 it occurred to me that. As like a white American, I don't ever think about my race. I just it's no it's easy for me to be colorblind because I don't I, I don't think I suffer particularly <laughs> for being white. Um, but but my fr- but Father Athanasius does think about it on a pretty pretty regular basis, and I think I and I could be wrong, not black, but I think if you're black in this country, you are forced to think about it daily. For better or for – well, not for – well, maybe for better or for worse. I don't – I mean, I'm just beginning to sort of figure – well, I don't know that I'll ever figure it out. But I'm beginning to listen at any rate. But the one thing that – the one thing that shocks me every time I ask is that inevitably my black friend will say thank you for asking. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently because I don't know that you get to be thanked for something you should be doing anyway. <laughs> um that as awkward as these conversations can be, especially here in St. Louis, where the tensions are so high sometimes, that um, we ought to be asking. And, and, 
And I hope it's not so rare a thing that someone like me asks that people feel obliged to thank us, you know. Um, but but the main thing is is listening. I really think that there needs to be more listening, listening all around. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of squirreling my way out of a very awkward conversation. But if somebody wants to call in with a and get it going again, they're welcome to. There you go. There you go. I grew up in Chicago, and I always say we're self segregated. And uh, race Ooh, is race, yeah. if you will. And I, I don't like the word race, uh, but I'll, I'll just say because it's because we're all the same race. Hmm. We're all we're all human. We're all yeah, but we have different ethnicities. ethnicities. We have okay. to, I mean, I mean, it's okay. just the way I grew up because we had a yeah. Polish neighborhood and we had the Jewish neighborhood and we had the Korean mm. neighborhood and and it you know half the qu- you know how in St. Louis here you say you know what high school did you go to? I mean, right, yeah. right. It was it, like which neighborhood did you grow up in? No, no. What, what's your nationality? Really? Yeah. You would ask people that? Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. I mean, look, and and it was very. Uh, when I say self subgrade I'm not kidding. You know, I, I took out this girl. She was Italian, first generation. She, she uh, her, she. I, I'm not sure if her older sister was born in Italy or not. And uh, I was interviewed by the brothers, and uh, <laughs> we found out I wasn't Italian, and that was the first date and last date. You know, yeah. I mean, n- nationality. But see, I is... think there's a difference between self segregating and being segregated. And I think there is a segment of this country that was segregated against their will. It's one thing to set up your own little neighborhood because you want to be there. <laughs> that's true. And it's another thing to be forced into your neighborhood, Th- that's whether true. you like it or not. That was a long time ago, though. What was? Segregation. Are you kidding? No, my my dad remembers it in Louisiana. My well, dad, uh, look, they, I, they had to when do I the would, laundry separately. When I, when I was in, in India, I was just going to say, when I was in Indiana in the 70s, they wouldn't allow black folks to stay in town uh, overnight. But so that's it's, I don't think 40 it's years a, ago. Well, yeah, 40 years ago to some, in a way. I, 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 I'm part of this group that seeks out reconciliation. And in that sense, I think it's sort of unique, among, sort of unique. It is unique among these groups that the idea is to reconcile the races rather than necessarily to preach at each other. But uh, this woman stood up, she's about 35, and she said, my grandfather, when I turned 16, my brother was 14, he got us in the car and we drove from St. Louis to uh, Georgia. And we pulled up to this intersection. He got out of the car and got us out of the car. And he said, you see that field? He said, that is a field where I picked cotton. And you will never pick cotton. And I want you to get an education on it because I don't ever want you to have to do that. I said, I think you said a mouthful. He pointed across the street. He said, you see that tree? He said, a friend of mine was hanged from that tree, was lynched at that tree. So I don't, you know, to some people, it's easy for us to say, oh, that's in the past. Let's forget about it. But I I think to some people, it's still very much uh, part uh, and maybe forever will be part of their cultural memory maybe their cultural dna and that, that's hard to get over i, I grew you know? up i grew up in chicago to uh, yeah. uh, uh, two immigrant parents i've come from a broken home uh, my mother didn't have a high mm. school education and uh what she did is what what many mexicans do is they they live for the next generation i mean there's mm. love right yeah the the yeah. idea that you were going to get an education wasn't a question it was a statement and mm. and from an from an ethnicity standpoint, uh, you know, I, is there any question? I grew up in a Mexican household. No, I mean it's the only thing I knew, <laughs> but it it didn't. I, I never thought of it as a race, uh, and uh, I guess some people. You haven't do. heard the expression "Viva la raza." I 
don't well, I don't want to get political, but I don't like those folks. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't like those folks at all because I think it it, it separates people. I don't think we should hmm. separate ourselves. I think we should you know, you said something before. But can't you celebrate? I mean, like my don't you Absolutely. celebrate your Hispanic? Absolutely. But heritage? it isn't a separation, it's a con, it's a conglomeration. You know, hmm. in Chicago, if, you know, you go to the, the the Mexican neighborhoods and you have great Mexican food, right? <laughs> and, and you have you have uh Las Posadas and you have all, all this great the the differences are wonderful. Okay, well now, now wait. Now here's an awkward question. Uh, as a Hispanic gentleman yourself, um, which I don't look like it. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't. But in fact, I would have guessed you were Polish or something. Well, yeah. no, you're I might too be. tall to be. You know, anyway, but the point. Uh, the uh, where was I? Oh yeah, I well, growing up in Texas, we never referred to someone who's Hispanic as Mexican. It was ah. Mexican-American or Hispanic or Latino. Oh. But to say they were Mexican meant that they weren't American citizens. But oh. you seem to talk about it as though it's just well, it's it's an ethnicity. Yeah, oh, really. it's just, it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and, and I noticed in New York they just say Spanish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different things are different. My, my cousin, who is probably more Mexican than I am, um, and she's sort of a cousin, um, but she's a psychologist, and she was giving mm. a paper. Uh, by say giving a paper, she gave a paper, and she was speaking to her colleagues in a big room. Mm. And whatever term she used, and I don't remember what it was, somebody interrupted her in the middle of her presentation and said, I'm offended. Mm. And she said, what, 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 what did you what, what, what did I say? Well, you said Latina and you should have said Hispanic or the other way around. I forget what it was. Mm. And I am utterly offended. And she says, well, I'm sorry you're offended, but. Geez, I'm Mexican too. I just, yeah. I just don't know. It, the, the words well, just the don't is, matter. Okay, sometimes. yeah, they but just the, don't. But let's okay. But see, try to bring it back to love and prayer love. here for a yeah. second. I wonder, you know, um, what in in the rule of Saint Benedict, he tells his monks to listen with the ear of the heart. Okay. So I'm wondering what okay, this woman in the audience who's offended. Right. What she what is she really saying? She's saying I'm hurt, right? I'm hurting because something you said maybe it's not even your sister's. Uh, it's obviously. Well, she may accuse your sister of doing something evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what she's really saying deep down is somebody has hurt me somewhere along the line. It has to do with this. And I wonder, I mean, obviously, in the middle of a talk, you can't, you don't have time to say, you know, let's sit down and have breakfast about this. But I think, I think part of loving our enemies is listening sometimes to their anger, you know? Well, yeah, and I'll, and I'll quote you from a story you, you gave yeah. once. And what we should do is, um, I'll quote my grandfather first, and that's, <laughs> and he, my grandfather would say, don't get angry. Not, don't suppress it, just don't get angry. And number two mm. is... And I think this is what you've said. Yeah. Assume the best intentions uh, of the other person. Right. And that probably helps a, a good deal. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm not, I'm not actually in favor of assuming the best intentions. Oh. Just not making any assumptions until you know their intentions. Oh. See, because I, the thing is, like, if somebody... Uh, somebody may well want you to take offense. <laughs> somebody sure, may sure, have sure. evil intentions, be totally comfortable with that, and want you to know. So assuming that they have good intentions, I think, is sort of taking away their freedom of uh, self-expression in a way. And the only thing but, we— But to reserve your—but but to wait until they have defined themselves is, yeah. is the key, yeah. But I think even if they define themselves, and even if they, if they may be potentially offensive— 
then then you I, I think if we respond in love we yeah. make a difference I was at a a, a, a thrive um, uh, evening where they were raising money and thrive mm. is a pregnancy resource center yeah and there was a group of people out there protesting and it must have been a hundred degrees and and they you know screaming at you and whatnot when mm. as you walked by so uh, after I dropped off my my wife and our guests at the door uh, and parked the car I walked out and I chatted with them and and uh, they they yelled at me for about a good 10, 15 minutes. And I, I know I sat and I listened and I, you know, and uh, they, were, they were just angry, angry, angry at me. Yeah, and, and maybe they've been mistreated by maybe they were someone. But I know, can't by, I by, can't by, do anything. People? Yeah. So well, no, no. I went inside and I grabbed a, a dozen waters. And I came back outside and I, I gave them a bunch of waters. They said, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, you guys are out here in the hot sun and you, you think it's important enough to tell us what you think. And I thought you were thirsty. So I, I brought you some water. What and was their reaction? All but one person said, take it back with you. We don't want your water. And the one guy mm-hmm. said, thank you. And as I walked away, he said, I'll pray for you. Oh, and well, I, there you go. I can't do anything about what they're feeling. Right. I can just love them. Well, yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, and you can listen to them. And I can Take listen. Take them seriously. I mean, we want yeah. them to listen to us, right? Right, yeah. and that's all I did. And I guarantee you I didn't get a word in edgewise. But right. that's all I did is I listened. Nobody else listened. They just walked right by. And I'm not saying that people, everybody should have stopped and whatnot. No. That's what I felt I should have done. Right. And I just stood there and listened. Right. Well, I, you know, I was, I was giving a retreat in... Providence, Rhode Island, the the Dominicans out there on the East Coast asked me to come out and give a retreat to a bunch of priests. And we were talking about evangelization. And finally, one of them said what was, of course, on everyone's mind, which was, um, you know, it's impossible. How, how do you expect us to evangelize when so many clergy have been such a terrible example? Mm-hmm. You know, we feel mm-hmm. like this whole pedophile thing has, has yeah. just torn, ripped the rug right out from underneath yeah, us. No, and, and I and and these are good men. These are good priests. Uh, I um, uh, as far as I could tell, and and I didn't have an answer for them. But I was walking out of the cathedral about five minutes later, and this kid on a dirt bike squeals up in front of me, kind of confrontational, and he says, "What, what are you?" And, <laughs> Because I'm, you know, I, I dress you like, look the like a monk. Of death. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, "Well, I'm a monk. What are you?" And he goes, "I'm a punk. What do you do?" And I go, "Well, punk, I pray. What do you do?" And he goes, he thinks about. It, he goes, "I pray too." I was like, "Well, pray for me, punk." And he goes, "Pray for me, monk." And then he <laughs> and then I ran back in the cathedral. I was like, "You know what? There there is nothing we can do, but we can smile." That's right. You know, we can be joyful. And I think that's going to do a lot more than any amount of catechesis or. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And let me, you know, I joyful witnesses. I tease people that the phones are working. Let's see if they are. Uh, I give you, <laughs> and then I don't give you the phone number. So oh, the phone number is six three six four four seven six thousand six three six four four seven six thousand. If you want to give us a call about love, because this is all about love, uh, then <laughs> come on in. And and you know what, Father, what what this is reminding me of is that we start in love. You didn't look at this guy and say, I don't know what you thought or what you saw, but what you did is you confronted him with love. Yeah. I mean, he, he yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was this wonderful little moment between us. I, I, I feel like a connection was made and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that he's 
decided to go off and get catechized and become a Catholic. But at least, you know, he can say when he sees another horrible thing on the news, he can say, well, I met this one. I met one nice He seemed like he was all right. What did Pope (laughs) Benedict say? Don't immunize the person you're speaking to against the faith. Ooh, he said it? Benedict. Wow. Yeah. 636. Immunize them against the faith. Yeah. 636-447-6000. Immunize them. Wow. That's really He's the Pope. He He has some good ideas. I like that guy. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah, because you do, when you're mean to somebody like that, you immunize them against the faith. I'm going to have to think of all the people I've immunized against the faith. (laughs) (laughs) My my wife tells me that all the time. Don't immunize me against the faith. (laughs) You you, you start out by saying what you think instead of listening to the other person and find out what they believe first. Well, that's you know, and I that uh, another to get onto another awkward topic. My uh, a friend of mine and I are now are talking a lot about homosexuality and the church's teachings on gay marriage and things like that. And, yeah. And one of the things that I think our current pope has been rather misunderstood about yeah. is that I you know when it, when it comes to evangelization, I don't know that the place to start is you know you folk can't get married right <laughs> you know that maybe maybe you start with love and work your way toward that sort of stuff you know that that it's a lot I think all too often we just assume a confrontation yeah I, I don't remember who said it. I think it was Steve Ray and it's been said over and over you know people don't care what you think unless they know how much you care. And I think there's uh, a lot to be said for that. Who said that? I, well, Steve Ray says it all the time, but I, who I don't... Who is Steve Ray? Steve Ray is a convert who... Um, uh, he's a brilliant guy. I love him a lot. Um, you, you, you'll find him on the internet, on the radio. He, he okay. does tours in the Holy Land. Really? But let me tell you where we are. We're here at St. Joseph Radio. This is the year of St. Joseph. St. Joseph presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West with Father Augustine Weta. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, yeah. and we are talking about love. <laughs> and what is love? You know, we you know we're talking all what about it, but love? we don't <laughs> we can sing about it, can but what you is it? Tell me. Um well doesn't uh, like yeah, I guess we haven't actually defined love, have we? Um it is willing the good of another. Right. Yeah, and, and it is. It, it's and I think it comes in degrees. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, it's self giving, giving of oneself. Well, of course, number one, God is love, right? God so, is love, and that I think that that concept that God is love is unique to Christianity. I'm not an authority on world religions, but I'm pretty sure. It's unique to us that we say God is truth. God yeah. doesn't just love. God actually is love. And God doesn't determine what's true. He actually is truth. Yeah. And that's um, that, that changes a lot about the way we think about the world and... That's true, and there's an area. And there's an area and, and a line justice of justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, there's an area of apologetics that goes with that as a first premise. In other words, how do you recognize beauty? Because there must be some ultimate beauty. How do you recognize truth? Because there must be some ultimate truth. How do you recognize good, without there being an ultimate good? 
to mm. compare it yeah, to. Yeah, that's, that's Socrates, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, he's, uh, yeah. I mean, his his whole thing is um, that, or, or at least part of it, or maybe I'm thinking of Plato. Well, they're almost indistinguishable. They, they know each other. Yeah. Well, anyway, but uh, that um, you, if I ask my niece to go get me a chair, she'll go get me a chair, but but if she brings it to me and I ask her what is a chair, she'll she probably can't define it. In fact, no one almost can define chair. Uh, you say, well, it's something with four legs and a back, but I can show you a chair with three legs. Well, then you show it that you say, well, it's something you sit in. Well, just because I sit in it doesn't make it a chair. Well, okay, uh, it's, it's something with a back and a seat. Well, I can show you a beanbag, and and so it, it, a chair is is almost impossible to define, and yet. Somehow we know it when we see it. Yeah. So there must be some sort of ultimate chairness. <laughs> All mm. right, I'm getting out of control here. I'm thinking no. too much fun. All right, talking about but, books. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, can I recommend a book that I think everybody ought to read? And you, you've been talking about Plato and Socrates as being yeah. indistinguishable, but there's a very short one, and it's called The Apology of Socrates by Plato. Oh, The Apologia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. His his death, it's, it's the story of his death, basically. Yeah, yeah. And a little bit of his trial there, too. And, yeah. and it is short. And it's very intriguing thinking about a man who grew up in a pagan society, yeah. who didn't know a Jew, who who lived, what, 300 years before Christ? So mm-hmm. there were no Christians. Yeah. But still, he came to the conclusion that there is one ultimate yeah. almighty God. Oh, the, the Greeks came really close. I mean, they came so close, they built a temple to the God that they knew existed, but they weren't quite sure who he was. <laughs> they... Uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they even, you know, there's this um, play called the Bacchae in which Dionysus, who's a resurrection god, rises mm. from the dead, or, well, he's imprisoned by this king and then killed and he rises from the dead. But he says to the, the king is interviewing him and he says, you know, I have the power of life over death with you. And he says, you would have no power if my heavenly father didn't grant it to you. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, but they, they, you know, the Greeks, God bless them, they, they almost figured it out, but without, without divine inspiration, you end up, at the end, uh, the king is eaten alive by his mother and his sister. So, you know, it kind That's of falls That's a left-hand turn. Yeah, it kind of falls apart at the end. Uh, and, and the same with Oedipus. I mean, here's the king who ha- who's guilty but not guilty, and he has to suffer for the sins of his, the, uh, for, for the sin that, for which he is responsible but not responsible, and he brings a blessing on the land, but he has to be found guilty, and there's this big trial. And, you know, the, the Greeks, they, they figured it they, Well, they almost figured it out. Yeah, yeah. But then he just ends up poking his eyes out at the end. <laughs> so we totally went uh, off the off the rail on. Oh, on that why not? One. I'm I enjoying love myself. I love it. Let me uh, let me. Um... <laughs> the, someone in the oh, we tech have a call. Is... I was trying to figure oh, out what they're telling. We thought right. we were there we just complaining because have... we were off topic. <laughs> I know they're not complaining. We're off topic. We have a caller. This is our first caller. Is there some sort of like trumpet blast or something? Uh, we can... I don't know, but it'll be Steve f- or Stephen from Chesterfield. Stephen from Chesterfield, Chesterfield, Missouri. Yeah, you're on yes. the air. The inaugural caller. Da, 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 Hi, Steve. Da. Oh wow. Um, well, I've got a, <laughs> an interesting question, and this. this oh, good, because we. I was afraid it was going to be a boring question, but go ahead. It, it, no, no, it should be good. So, <laughs> and it's sort of like a, a 
a desert father question. Oh, even so, better. Um, we live in like a very emotional world, very politically charged world today. Yes. So uh, my question really is, when we go and we've gone and we've like uh, had an emotional event between an individual, and you know we're forgiving and we're trying to we're trying to be quiet, we're trying to to be Christian, but we go and we receive the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. Um, what is the relationship to the soul to someone? Who who is not as forgiving, or someone who is forgiving? Isn't there a, a, a mystical difference? That's my question. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. wait. Mystical difference between someone who's forgiving and not forgiving. <sighs> but you mean between you and the person you're trying to forgive, or? Be, well, what, what you, so when we receive the body and blood of Christ? Oh yeah. The okay. condition of our soul is isn't yeah. it? Uh, wouldn't the Desert Fathers say that you know the pure the soul? the greater uh, the response oh, yeah. in that reception. Yeah, and this and this as a tool for getting along with your cantankerous neighbor? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. No, it's really a, a tool for advancing the soul beyond just, uh, you know, purgation of the soul so that when we do receive the uh, body, uh, our purity starts to zing. I mean, we, we start to really experience... The mystical body. Yeah, Father, we got about a minute left. So what of the whole show? Yeah, the whole show. You're kidding me? Oh no! I mean, we could do a whole show just on what you just said. I know. Well, maybe oh, we my will. Gosh. So uh, I, oh, I, I don't even know where to start. Well, uh, well I, that's probably good because, yeah. well, well I, I was just thinking that um, one of the Desert Fathers says we find God by patient endurance. And that that right. endurance is impossible without the Blessed Sacrament. That we don't have to do this on our own. We can, we can in fact, yes, you're absolutely right. You, we can step back and let the Jesus in us talk. Is that what you're saying? No. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and also the, the condition of the soul is, is directly yeah. related to, to how we receive it and its progress. It's, it's a Gosh. journey. It's not, we're not still. Well, Stephen, I wish you called in oh, earlier. Man. We're, yeah, uh, we're going to make, profound. Father, I want you to commit. We'll do a whole show, a okay. whole program on the Desert Fathers. And the Eucharist. And the Eucharist. The Eucharist. And the transformation uh, of the soul via the... And, oh, man, there's and so another good, Thank you, Stephen. Another good reason to make sure you never miss Mass on Sunday or go every day. It's a reset, right? We yep. go and see Jesus. Yep. We, we receive him inside us, and maybe we are more forgiving. Oh, my gosh. We're yeah. going to come back next week. This will be uh, evangelization moments next week. Father, you got a five-second blessing for us? May Almighty God bless everybody. Bless us, everyone. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Especially bless Stephen. That's right. Amen. Come back, see us next week, and tell a friend, please. And listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.